Hey, good morning. Hey, if you're new, uh, I'd also like to welcome you. My name is Charlie. Uh, we're lead pastor here, and we're in the, um, the middle of a, a series on relationships that we've called the S Word. We've been talking about this idea of submit, and, uh, and then we've been talking about how it applies to different relationships. And um, last week, we spent some time talking about how it applies to our friendships. And then today, we're going to be talking specifically about marriage and kind of how these, uh, these principles of what submission means in marriage, and I guess I was, you're supposed to give this disclaimer, and I'll play along. Is that special? Here's the thing: lots of times you, you can be single in here, and you think I'm not married. I'm not anywhere close to being married, right? You think now we're talking about marriage. Let me tell you, we've had a lot of uh, couples in crisis come into our um, come to our home, and we meet with them, kind of do some counseling with them, and one of the one of the worst, uh, most tragic things that we hear, and we hear it a lot. From people is like, man, you know, they've been married five years, ten years, twenty years. Like, man, I've never heard this before about kind of what God says marriage is supposed to be. And it's like, well, you just think, what, what if they had heard it before? And so, honestly, the people who aren't married, I would just extra encourage you to write some of these things down so that when, uh, when, when this does happen, you've already been hearing and kind of understanding some of these principles. So I give that disclaimer. So we're talking about marriage today, and, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little disoriented. I'm a little disoriented because we do this just about every year, right, where we spend some time talking about relationships. There'll be some time we talk about marriage specifically, and you can guarantee, like you can, you can, just, like, you can, you can just write it in your calendar, that if, that if I'm going to preach on marriage, uh, Heidi and I are going to have a terrible week, right? We're just going to fight. We're just going to fight like crazy, and then like I spend the whole week in, in my brain going, um, yeah, you're a hypocrite. You should probably just pass and talk about anything else, right? And but it hasn't, it hasn't happened. And I even said, I said something last night. Like we're getting ready to come to this marriage event that we had at the church. It was called Fight Night. It was amazing. It was, it was really good. And we're getting ready to go. And I was like, you know, like I'm talking for a few minutes tonight on marriage, and I'm talking again tomorrow morning on marriage, and we haven't fought this week. She says, oh, don't jinx it, right? And I'm like. I mean, it's like we don't, uh, there's no way we, 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 and we don't have enough time. It's like, I believe in us. And um, she was, and you know, we do have the skill set to, to fight in short windows of time, but, but we really didn't. And it was really, it was really, it was really, it was really good. Uh, the closest thing I could say is, you know, something that's happened recently. This was, this was, this was yesterday, but it was really small. Heidi was, Heidi was wanting to, um, to put up, put up Christmas decorations. And Layla and I always go out on Saturday mornings, and she said, now, can, could you just help me by getting all the decorations out of the garage? And so, you know, and again, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like in, I'm like in a good groove, right? I'm thinking, would you like for me to do that before Layla and I leave or when I come back? So I'm, I'm making sure I'm understanding the very specifics. Well, could you do it uh, before, before you leave? Like, yes. Got up the next morning, and guess what? I remember which is like, you may not think that's a big deal, but I'm telling you it's a huge deal. I remember. I, I got all this stuff out. And so then we come back, and um, the football game is on, and I'm watching the game. And then she asked me, hey, can you put up the Christmas tree while you're watching the game? Yeah, I can do that. And so, again, I'm making sure I'm clear. Is this like the first thing that needs to happen, like you need me to do this right now, or... Is it over the course of the three hours of this game, is that, is that plenty of time? It's like, oh, yeah, I've got other things to do. Just as long as at some point today it gets put up. I'm like, okay, great. So I, I, I am just, I'm grooving. 
And so I'm in there. I'm starting to set it up. You know, I'll, I'll do work on a few minutes, and then I'll come sit in the chair and talk about the game. And 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 it would just kind of just kind of go back and forth, right? And and um, she comes in there and she says, "Now you know you're going to have to pull that a little bit further away from the wall." I'm looking at her like, "I'm like, this isn't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need a manager." So I, I just and I. <laughs> And, and I just kind of, I just, I just kind of, I, I just kind of smiled at her. I didn't get mad. I didn't get mad and overreact. I just, I just kind of smiled at her, and you know, they go back to the thing. And and then a few, so I finally have got this whole thing. It's it's a brand new tree. It's really complicated how all the light strands connect to this one little hub thing. It's really weird. So I've got, I'm just, I'm just making sure that the lights work, and so that the hub is kind of sitting right there at the front. And she comes in and she goes, you know, that that's not going to be okay for that thing to be right there. You're going to have to turn that around or something. And so I, 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 you have, you have to stop this. He's like, I'm not trying to control you. He's like, I just, I just, please, right? And that's actually a pretty common thing, right? I tell that story, and there's no one here who's married. He's like, I don't understand that story. <laughs> there was happened. It happens. It happens. It happens. And you know, there's a couple weeks ago that I didn't have as great a reaction to it, and this actually probably would fall more into the. To, to the fight thing, um, Heidi asked if I could put Layla sheets on her bed, and I said sure. And so, and so I go in there, and there's no there's no top sheet, just just the just just the bottom sheet. And so I go into where Heidi is, and I say, hey, is is there no top sheet? She, no, she doesn't use a top sheet. I'm like, okay, great. So then I go in there. Now I'm like two rooms away, and this is this is this is common. So I'm two rooms away, and I hear. <laughs> so I put down. Yes. Yeah, she doesn't use the top sheet. You said that, and um, he's like, "But, but, but she she uses the blue blanket." Great. Go back two rooms away, and you know what I hear? Don't talk to me, one. So I'm just like, so I come back in there. It's like, yeah. So, so she, she's it's the blue sheet. It's 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 the, it's the sheet, and then her blue blanket, and then the pink blanket, and and then the comforter, and and then all her little blanket. So then, fine. So, that, so I go back in there and I turn around and guess what I see? I see somebody watching me do it. <laughs> and then the thing that I jokingly thought yesterday, I said out loud, I said, this job does not call for someone to do it and a manager. And she said, I don't understand why you wouldn't want a little bit of help. And now it's like, okay, I'm out of the room now. I'm closing the door, and I know kids are going to hear that. Are you kidding me? We talked about this with people all the time, and you're sitting here, and you're telling me to do something. And so, right? And again, it all sounds that, I, I, again, I, I don't, I, sometimes I tell stories from my life, and I think it's not relatable. It's only because you're a pastor. I tell that story. Everybody understands that story. There's, but there's something else going on there. It doesn't have to do with making a bed. It doesn't have anything to do with the Christmas tree. There's, there's something else going on there. And another very common issue that happens around our home, and um, this, this feels a little weird to me at times, but only when my brain's not in the right place. So we're, we're watching a show on television, and while we're watching the show on, on television... We're not, you know, she's sitting here. I'm sitting, on the, she's laying on the couch. I'm in this chair behind her. We're watching this television show, and I happen to also be on my iPad. And she's like, why are you on your phone, your iPad? I'm like, what, 
what difference? This, I just feel like we're not connecting. I'm like, well, one, we're watching a TV show, and two, you're on your phone too. And then all of a sudden now, like I, I'm getting really defensive, and, sh- and she's upset with me because even though we're watching a television show, it's not like we're having this deep conversation, and she's on her phone. She's upset with me. I'm on my phone. And that, and that can be really frustrating. It's like, but that, and, it's, and, 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 and in God world, that doesn't make sense. Just like in, 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 in woman world, it doesn't make sense that I would reject good advice about the layers of blankets, right? It doesn't make sense, but there's something else. There's something else going on there. It doesn't have anything to do with technology. There's, there's, something, there, there's something deeper going on. And the reality of it is, and again, we've, we've talked to a lot of different marriages, talked to a lot of different engaged couples, and talked to a lot of different people, and we've seen small problems, and we've seen enormous problems, we've seen all these different things, and really what it comes down to is we, we all seem to have the same types of fights, the same types of frustrations with each other, and what it comes down to is that we don't really understand why the other person is upset. We don't understand what's really happening. And maybe you don't even really understand why you're so frustrated, but really what it comes down to is we're really not meeting each other's core needs well. We're not meeting each other's core needs well, and we lack really the good skill set to talk about it. And so there is something significantly deeper beyond don't manage me while I am putting up a Christmas tree. And there's something very deeper than why can't I be on my phone if you're on your phone? It, it's, 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 way, it's, it's way deeper than that. And so we'll start here in Ephesians 5, and we'll talk about this verse. It's kind of been our core verse, our key verse for this whole series. Regardless of relationship, this is kind of the definition of what a Christian relationship looks like. Ephesians 5.21, Paul says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So submit, it's kind of this S word thing we've been talking about over, over the last couple of weeks. When we say submit, this is the definition that we've been using. If you haven't been around, you should still write this down. That when we say that we submit, it's like I'm going to give up things that I want to give you what you need. In the context of relationships, that's what submit means. There's something that I want in this relationship, but I'm going to give that up. I'm not going to focus on what I want. Instead, I'm going to focus on what you need. And then in a healthy Christian relationship, both people are doing that. I'm not going for what I want. I'm giving you what you need. And the person is doing the same for me. And that's how a healthy Christian relationship looks. Again, we talked last week about it in the context of friendship. This week we're going to talk about it in the context of marriage. So Paul has this, this thesis statement in verse 21 and then explains in relative detail about what it looks like in the context of husbands and wives. So we'll start with the very next verse, Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives... Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her, making her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any... um, I'm sorry, without saying or or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, 
just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Now, verse 33, this is kind of make, if you've, if you've zoned out, just focus here on this verse 33. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, this passage gets a lot of weird grief sometimes because people read this passage and it feels like that what Paul's talking about here is some sort of organizational hierarchy. The husband is the leader and the wife is the follower, and it feels very hierarchical, and and we don't like that. We don't like the way that that feels. But the first thing that we need to make sure that we understand, when, when the Bible talks about leadership, it's never talking about hierarchy. It's never talking about who's in charge, who has authority. Jesus never was talking about that. All throughout the Gospels, he talks about what it means to be a leader. And he says, you know, people who don't believe, they think of leadership in terms of authority and getting your way. But with you, it's not like that. It's about who can serve the most. And over and over again, you look throughout Scripture, when Paul talks about leadership, what he's talking about is is initiative, and responsibility. And so there may be parts of this passage that kind of upset kind of modern day thinking about men and women. But even the most people who who would most uh, be predisposed to not like this passage. I've I've never met a wife who wished, who who has ever said to me, you know what, I wish that my husband took less initiative to solve problems in our family. I mean, he's, I, I've, I've never met that. And I've also never met a, a wife that says, I wish my husband took less responsibility for the challenges that our family faces. I've, I've never met that. Now, I have met uh, women who think that their husband would be less of a jerk, you know, and s- stop being so authoritative and stop trying to be so dominating. I've met plenty of that, but that's not what this says. What this says is, is I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to take initiative. But really at its core, and and Paul kind of admits this, he kind of talks here for a little bit and he kind of gets distracted and he says this thing in verse 32. He's like, wait, 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 wait. This is a mystery. I'm talking about Christ in the church. He kind of gets lost in a little bit in his metaphor. He's like, you know, it's it's like Jesus in the church and he gets lost in his metaphor. And then he sums it up here in verse 33 where he says this, each one of you, Each one of you husbands, you must love your wife the way you love yourself. And the wife must respect her husband. So when we start in verse 21, and it says that you need to submit to to one another. And then at the very end of the chapter, verse 33, I think it gives us a great picture, very specifically, of what it looks like in marriage. If I'm going to submit to my wife, like verse 21 says, then I'm going to have to give up the thing that I want in a relationship in order to give her what she needs, which is to love my wife the way I love myself. And if my wife is going to submit to me in the way that you're supposed to in a relationship, she's going to have to give up whatever it is that she wants in order to give me what I need here, which is what it says, respect. And so, and then when when a marriage works, that's what you're doing. I'm giving up whatever the things I think that I want in a marriage in order to give my spouse the love or respect that they need. Now, what we're going to do over these next few minutes is just going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we want in marriage 
and how they contrast with the things that our spouse needs. Now, you start talking about things like this, and, and, and you, could, you could if you wanted to. You could start to object to some of this by saying that I'm playing on stereotypes, right? Um, but I think I, I would like to say that I've already kind of killed the idea of stereotypes by the uh, highly relatable stories that I've told about my marriage. When I, I talk about people fighting over she's managing the tasks that she gave him to do. We all have been there. It's not, it, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. And, and, the, and the kinds of issues that women have with their husbands, they're stereotypes for a reason. So we've got to get over that. And the things that I say, I'm going to say here, man, this is, one of the, this is the thing that men want. I, this is the thing that women want in marriage. It's not the only thing. You know, we don't have seven hours. We're just going to look at a few things. So don't get caught up on, well, that's not the only thing. And that's stereotype. Don't get caught up on that because I promise you, I promise you, um, we, we have probably interacted with a hundred or so couples, at least, in the years of, of our marriage, just trying to help other marriages. And I'm telling you, these are the principles that makes Christian marriage work. And whatever hang-ups you might have over language and stereotypes and gender conformity and, 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 and patriarchy and any of those kinds of things, we just need to kind of set those things aside because there is some deep wisdom here in God's Word. All right? So, here we go. We're just going to talk about one of the things that I think that, 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 that uh, wives want and husbands wants. We'll start with the wives. And Heidi and I talked about this for a while. We talked about it. It's like we're going to kind of, kind of get this, what specific thing we want to say. We, we kind of interacted. We tried to come up with some different words. I don't, I don't know if this is the best way to say it, uh, but I, I kind of like it. So, a lot of times what wives want in a marriage is, is they want their husband to prove himself to her. I want you to prove to me that you love me. And so in a really unhealthy way, a lot of times this will work is, we'll just call it the challenge of the hobby. Like you've got some hobby, you've got something that you do, and there's a part of me that thinks that you like this thing more than me. Oh, you're going to play golf? Again? Right? You seem to be on your phone a lot. Oh, there's more football on TV today. And, 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 and again, in an unhealthy way, what, what she's expressing is there seems to be something in your world that you value more than me. And I need you to make some sort of declarative statement, some, some sort of some sort of plant your flag in the ground that shows me, that proves to me that you love me more than whatever. Your, 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 your time with your, your, your friends at, at the bar, your, your, your watching of the sports, your playing of the sports, your, your face in your phone or your iPad. I, I need you to show this to me. But this attitude, it just it hits a guy in, 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 in a bad place because it actually really opposes the thing that a husband most needs in, 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 in a marriage. And so what a wife wants is for him to prove himself to her, but what he needs, what he needs, according to this, Ephesians 5.33, is unconditional respect. He needs respect. 
Now, I use the word unconditional because it's really important to me because in this passage, Paul talks about that you need to love your wife and respect your husband. And I think we all instinctively know that love is supposed to be unconditional, but but we don't say the same thing about respect, right? Love is unconditional, but respect is what? What? Earned, right? Earned, right? This is what we say. We we say that it's earned. But there's, there's no qualifier here on love, and there's no qualifier here on respect. So in the same way that we think about love, we should think about it in respect because the reality of it is, you know, someone who needs love will say, it's like, I need it most when I feel the most unlovable. And in fact, a husband, if his core need is to be respected, he needs it most when he's the least respectable, when he's struggling the most. So what do we mean by this? And I think it's really important to have a a, a better, fully functional definition of, in the context of marriage, what does respect look like? So this is the thing, we talk about this all the time. When, in the context of a marriage, what a husband means by respect is, is, is a couple things. Affirmation and sexual responsiveness. We're talking about sexual responsiveness in just a couple minutes, but, we're, but those are the kind of the two pieces. Affirmation and sexual responsiveness. That he knows that his wife really believes in him. I think you're great. I am proud to be your wife. And the way that, that, that I like to say this is that you should never say something like this to your husband, right? You know, you're really kind of failing at a lot of things right now, but I want you to know I love you no matter what. Now that may sound that, that may sound like a compliment. It may feel like a compliment to you. But I promise you that it's not. In fact, it would be a better compliment to say, you're kind of a jerk and an idiot, but you know what? You're great at everything. <laughs> if, if you have to say one of those two, say the second one. And, and, and because that's what we, we need you to believe in us. And you may think, well, what if my husband is an idiot? Says everyone in the room. I'm going to tell you this. And if there's anything that I want you to write down, it's this. Your husband will become what you say he is. If you say he is an idiot, I promise you, you'll have an idiot. If you say, you're so amazing, you work so hard around the house... Thank you so much for all your help. I don't think I've done anything. You just start tidying up. <laughs> because he loves what you're saying about him so much. He wants more of it. And he wants it to be true. And he wants to be the man that you think that he is if you say this well. But the reality of it is, the, the opposite of that is true. If you say he's worthless and an idiot, he will be a worthless idiot. So we go back to the Christmas tree. Why does the Christmas tree thing, why, why did that bother me yesterday? She's just, giving, she's just making sure I know, which is, makes sense, doesn't it? But in that moment, it feels like what she's saying is, you are not competent to put together a Christmas tree or make a bed without my supervision. 
Now, you can say back to me all you want. That's not what she means. That's not what I'm saying. You can say that to him. You can say it to him a hundred times like you already have. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to help. I'm just, you, you can say that on loop for the next 60 years of your life, and it won't make, it won't make one bit of difference because that's what he feels. And so what he needs is for you to show him that you really believe in him. And so even in relatively simple things, but especially in the big things, you're such a great dad. You're a good husband. You're a hard worker. I really, I believe in you. And then with sexual responsiveness, we'll just, we're going to talk about this again just a little bit more in just a second, but there's no greater act for a wife with her husband than to say that I completely trust you than when you are at your most vulnerable physically, emotionally, and to say, I receive you. And that affirms him more as a man than anything else that you can possibly imagine. Now, you may believe that your husband has an unhealthy perspective about sex, and I'm just about to say that right now. Because in an unhealthy way, what a husband wants most out of a relationship, what a husband wants is sex. That's what he wants. It's a stereotype, but it's a stereotype for a reason. It just seems like he's always thinking about it. He's always talking about it. It's like he won't keep his hands off of me. He's like he's always asking, always asking, always asking. Like, what is wrong with this guy? Right? You think somehow that he's broken or somehow that you think that he's perverted. And then you talk to your friends and you realize, how is it that all of our husbands are perverted? And somehow you imagine, you imagine somehow that out there somewhere there's this guy who's not like that. Which is why, can we just talk, this is, this is old now, but just, I'm just going back to it. This is why the, 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 the Twilight books were such a big deal back in the day. Because the main character was this sparkly vampire <laughs> who loved nothing more than to lay in the grass and never have sex with a woman. I'm telling you, that dude don't exist. I don't know one guy that sparkles. They smell. And they don't like lying in the grass. They do like lying in the grass, but not to talk. And you, know, you get this. Anyways, it's just what they want. And you think man, there's something wrong with him. And there is something wrong with you, dude, if you believe and you live and act in such a way where you are communicating to your wife that really the only thing that you're interested in in this relationship is sex. There's something wrong with you. If she feels that, there's something wrong with you. We've already talked about that for her, she needs to understand sexual responsiveness is incredibly important. But there is something wrong with you if your wife feels like you're that guy. There's something wrong. Because what your wife needs is unconditional love. She needs to know that you love her. And we're going to break down love in the same way that we did respect. So, so then love means two things. It means that I feel cherished and I feel secure. And security breaks down into a couple of things. Financially secure and relationally secure. Financially secure means that you're not going to do anything dumb with the money and no matter what, we're going to be taken care of. Doesn't matter who makes money. It doesn't matter who who makes more money. Doesn't matter. It, it matters is that I can trust you with whatever amount of money that we have. And the relational security. What that says is, um, I know that you are going to be there no matter what. 
So we never use the word divorce, and we don't use divorce code language. You know what divorce code language is? I can't take this anymore. I don't know how much longer I can live like this. If, if something doesn't change, I don't know what I'm going to do. We don't talk like that. We don't act in such a way that we think that somehow the relationship is insecure. And then we talk about being cherished. That there is nothing more valuable in the world to you than her. So, we're watching a show together, and she can't even really see me, but I'm on my phone, and then she sees that I'm on my phone. And it's like, rather than doing this thing that we're doing together and having your attention on that, even if our attention isn't really on each other, our attention is supposed to be on that. You like this more than me. You like your sports more than me. You like your friends more than me. And so what I have to communicate with everything that I say and everything that I do, that there is nothing more valuable to me in the world than her. And so one of the reasons, so, so there really are, there, there's, there's a couple of ways that a relationship can work. Well, not work, exist. He's constantly pursuing you and pressuring you for sex. Give me sex, give me sex. And you're like, get off of me. Leave me alone. And, and, and all of a sudden you feel like, it's like I gotta, I've got to see if this guy really loves me or just wants me for sex. And so now, now I, I've got, he's got to prove himself to me. And so you kind of take this, you kind of take this stand, right? And so, and so then he becomes more stressed out, and then he begins to kind of pull away, and then he pulls away, and then you feel insecure, and then you feel insecure. You kind of lean, you lean in on him, and we're just desperate. Show me you love me. Show me you respect me. Have sex with me. Care about me. And 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 and, and this, and we just kind of spiral, or we can go the completely other direction. I'm going to forget about the thing that I want. And I'm going to show my wife that there is nothing more valuable in the world to me than her. And that I am with her no matter what happens. And there's an amazing thing that happens when you love your wife that way. She really wants to have sex with you. And when you show and you talk about him as you think that he's great and you believe in him and you're responsive to him, you will be amazed at the pedestal he will put you on and the cherishing that he will show you and the security that that brings to your relationship. The thing that you want is found when you give it up. And instead, you give to your spouse what they need. So my guess is that we come here today, you know, we got some people here who are just taking notes, trying to figure it out, maybe have something to know when the time comes for them because they're single. The people who are married, I'm sure we are all in various stages of brokenness. From our marriage is doing pretty well to um, you don't realize how close we are. I'm telling you, from years of experience, I've, I've seen some of the worst, most broken marriages that were just one click away from divorce. That just these simple principles, just one person taking the initiative to say that I'm going to try to do this radically change the course of a marriage forever. And for those of you who are broken, you're thinking, there's no way I could do this because then I know she'll take advantage of me. I know he'll take advantage of me. It just won't work. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. 
I'll do it if she'll do it. I'll do it if he'll do it, right? You kind of get into these things. So we, we hear this right on the couch, and I'm hearing it telepathically in your head, right? This is what I say to them and what I say to you. Okay, I understand. Somebody has to go first. Whoever is the more mature person in the relationship should go first. Right? But if you will just make a decision to say, I'm, I'm going to give it up. I've been fighting too long to get what I want out of my marriage. I'm going to submit that and give my spouse what he or she needs. I'm telling you, it will, it will open a door for a health and an enjoyment of marriage that maybe you've never seen. But honestly, I don't know how any of this is possible without Jesus. I, I really don't. Because I need, I, need, I need God, I need His strength, I need His encouragement, because there's nothing in me that wants to be selfless. And I think that's why it's so awesome that Paul kind of brings him in. It's, it's His example and His power that is going to give you the ability to be who your spouse needs. So let's just spend some time and some response. Again, if you're, you know, if, you know, just maybe just pray for each other. Pray for your marriage. Pray for selflessness. If you're a single, man, pray for your future spouse. Pray that these principles will be real in your life. As always, we've got lots of ways to respond. The prayer team has been back there. They've been praying for you this whole time. Would love to pray for you some more. We have communion available. We have an opportunity to give. Lots of different ways to respond and worship. But let's just really spend some time saying that in our relationships, in our marriages, that, that marriages here at the Grove will be full of real mutual submission where we love and respect well. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for giving us a roadmap. And I, and I pray that we would we would be willing to follow it. That we would be willing to give up our rights, give up our wants to selflessly serve our spouse. And so God, now we got lots of hangups, we've got lots of hurt, we've got lots of baggage. God, I pray that you would bring healing and some great conversations this week about how good a job we're doing. And God, that you would bring healing and life to all the families present and future at the Grove. And we love you, God. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.